0: Thank you for coming. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. It's a beautiful day. We're glad you came here and didn't stop by the golf course and play golf or whatever you stop by and do. We're glad you're here and we appreciate you coming and being a part of what God is doing today here at Bethel. Uh, the revealed power of God, the revealed power of God. This is a subject that we've been on now for about two and a half months. And uh, today, I, 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 as I as you, if you were here last Sunday, uh, I talked about this, preached about this, some of this, and I'm, the same introduction I have that I had last Sunday, and I'm going to read that because I think it's very interesting. But uh, let me pray. Father, we are so thankful, Lord, for your word. The Holy Spirit is what energizes the word. Speak it to not only our ears but our hearts today. Meet the needs. Lord, I, I I believe that every dire need will be met in this place today, through your power, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you don't mind this read, St. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Now, let me say something before I read this. You won't hear this message preached in a lot of churches today, especially seeker-friendly churches. Uh But it's part of God's word. I hope I can share it uh, the way the Lord has laid it upon my heart. But let's read, if you will, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him, and then he says three things. Notice what they are. Let, first of all, him him deny himself. Second of all, I'll whisper this one take up his cross. Because you you have to be careful talking about a cross today. I mean, we're living in in a day when we want everything real easy. But he says, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and then the third one is follow me. Follow me. All over the world, look at the introduction. All over the world, the Spirit is moving. We tend to look at everything from an American perspective when around the world, the Holy Spirit is moving as never before now for some of us that have been around for quite a while read that and we what we experienced during the late 50s uh the early 60s what we experienced then was just a great powerful powerful outpouring of the holy spirit and brother don you're telling me now that that god is moving as he never moved before come on give me a break well, let me explain that to you. Look at look at look at again at your uh, at your outline. Churches are being built in in unprecedented numbers. People are being saved at astronomical rates. What what they are receiving the Holy Ghost, baptism by the thousands daily. Here we go in China. In any given twenty four hour period, thirty. Thousand people are saved. Now, I, don't, I know you don't see that here. Now, there are revivals here, and there are, certainly are great moves of God. There are mega churches, and we can see the hand of God moving, even in this church and, and in, in this community. But 30,000 people saved every 24 hours. In sub Saharan Africa, 20,000. And we hear the revival that's in Central and South America. In Central and South America, every 24 hours, 10,000 people are saved. There is a revival going on in China, uh, certainly uh, the southern part of Africa, and uh, Central America, South America. Listen, there are churches that are built, that many churches, a lot of the churches, they run 10, 20, 30,000 people. Quite a few churches run 100,000 people. That's a wow. And it's happening around the world. Healings are taking place. Some of the places, at least over 500 people are baptized in water every week. Over 500. I mean, it's just happening. But we, we look, as, as, as we said in the introduction, we look from the American viewpoint. We don't see that happening. But God is moving in a great and a mighty way. I called Mike Manuel two weeks ago. Mike Manuel is an evangelist that travels around, especially the United States and around the world, and he preaches. And I said, Mike, why don't we see things happen in America Lights happening around the world. Why, why is there not a revival? And he named several things. Uh, he said people are gospel-hardened. America, it's gospel-hardened. Uh, people of America don't need God. You know, uh, we go to church... See, third world countries need God. They don't have hospitals. They don't have banks. They don't have ways to get anything from God. I mean anything. And so they have, they must depend on God. And they're desperate. They get. And you know, God intervenes when we get desperate. When you and I, we we, we get desperate, we uh, we certainly receive from God's hand. Because God's people are penetrating the world with his word that is being confirmed by signs and wonders on a daily basis. People are literally being raised from the dead in some of these third world countries. I mean, the blind are receiving their sight. Uh, People are... In, in, in can't walk. They stand up and walk. Just a lot of these things that happen. If you if you go on CBN, a lot of times you can you can see where God is moving around the world. I was listening to Pat Robertson's program the other day, and he, this gentleman was on there telling about he, he he goes to China a lot, and he's there a lot, and he confirmed that these things are happening in China and around the world now. What I want to see, what I'd like to see, is it's this manifestation here in our church, here in Durham, here in America, no matter where. I want to see, you see the, 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 the title of the sermon is The Revealed Power of God. I want to see God's power revealed. And I I looked up, Mike Manuel gave me a Bible the other day, and and it it, it has several writers in the front of that Bible. And one of them was Dr. Uh, David uh, Younging Cho. And I mentioned last Sunday that he pastors the largest church in the world. He has a million members. (laughs) I'd like to pastor a million people. But he wrote about the third I'm sorry, the fourth dimension. In fact, he's got quite a few books out on that. And he look he, he talks about that, and he says, uh, "If you're going to walk in the d- dominion of God's authority, you have to get out of the third dimension and move into the realm of the spirit, which is the fourth dimension." It is important, because that's where the spirit of God moves. That's where the power of God is. The the sovereign God operates. You see, there are a lot of things that are happening and going on in this world that you and I cannot see with our naked eye. It's happening. And what I desire to see is God to move out of that fourth dimension into the third dimension is what we see. Pews, churches, people, and everything else that you can see. I want to see God operating, the Holy Spirit of God operating through the church in the third dimension. It is very important. As we pray, seek the face of God, and read his word, we can begin to operate in the fourth dimension and in the power of his spirit. Now, I want to get into that in just a moment on seeking, okay? And then i, I give do a little bit here in the third part of the first uh, Roman numeral number one. Seeking involves calling and pleading, setting your mind and hearts on God and kingdom thinking. It is very important that we do that. Then number two, stepping out in faith. God's not going to do anything until the church begins to operate and step out in faith. Peter never got out of the boat until he took that first step. God expects us to take that first step. And he sung, they sung about, if I can but touch the hem of its garment. And there was this woman in the Bible that she had an issue of blood. She'd been suffering for 12 years. She'd tried everything possible. She had gone to doctor after doctor, but she grew gradually worse. Gradually worse. Now, when she said in her, in her mind and in her heart, she said, if I can but touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I will be made whole. And the Amplified says here that, she, that, they, were, that they were pressing against Jesus. They were jostling back, him back and forth. Can you imagine when she first started to go toward Jesus to touch the hem of his garment? Can you imagine how much harder it got the closer she got to Jesus? Because the press was so hard. There were so many people that were pressing around him to touch him. And so she kept saying, she just didn't say one time, well, if I can touch his garment... I'll be made whole. She kept saying, she kept saying it, and she kept pressing her way through till she finally got to where Jesus was. And she touched him, and of course she was made whole. And it's a great, powerful message there in that particular occasion. But what I want you to understand, she just just had... To make up in her mind, she kept saying, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. And then she kept pressing her way through. In order to overcome the obstacles in our lives, we must take that first step of faith. Obey God today. Let nothing stop you from receiving from the Lord. I I I was teaching in the... Sunday morning life group this morning and I felt in my spirit there was people that had great, uh, dire needs. needs. Probably all of us here have needs. But we're not going to receive anything from God unless we press through. Unless we say, hey, I'm not going to let what people think I'm going to the altar or I'm going to kneel here at this bench or I'm going to open my heart up to the Lord and I'm going to receive. God wants to give you anything and everything that you need and he'll give it to you if you dare to trust him. But you got to press. And that gets into our, 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 our other uh, Roman, number three, the red zone. Now, if you like football or you know about football or you watch football, you know where the red zone is. The red zone is the last 20 yards before you get to the goal. The last 20 yards before you get to the goal. The closer you get to your miracle, the harder the enemy will work to defend his territory. You see, in football, when that offense gets to that red zone or that 20-yard uh, line from the other goal when you get there, then the defense has said, hey, let's dig in our heels. And you have to press your way. You have to fight your way through. Most touchdowns are not 50-yard passes. They're in that red zone where you, where you press and, and, and push and strive until you get to that goal line, and you reach your goal. God wants you to reach your goal, but you might have to fight. You might have to press. You might have to do a little something yourself, and God wants us to be able uh, to to press our way through. And I said here, the closer you get to the goal, the harder the devil is going to fight you to keep you from getting your victory and receiving from him. You say, I'm going to the altar today, or I'm going to receive. Well, what would people think of you? people be looking at you. I mean, what you know, we let any if we're not careful, we let any and everything stop us from getting to where we can receive from the Lord and it is important that we be determined. It's the, it's important that we make up in our mind. They said Bartimaeus stop crying out and he cried out the more he made up his mind. He said I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'm going to receive my sight. I'm going to receive my healing. But the church is soft today. Don't, don't get angry at me now. I said the church is soft today. We'll go to church and if things work out okay, we might get into the spirit or start worshiping God as we should and we might go to the But listen, let's make up in our mind. There was a song we sung years ago. I would not be denied. Now you couldn't sing that song much today because we said, oh, what are you talking about? In pains of death, seize on my soul, and to the Lord I cried. Till Jesus, till, till, Jesus came, and makes me whole. I would not be denied. I said I was going to get to seeking, and I, I, I've got, I have several scriptures I want to read. They are powerful scriptures, but I, I, I copied it off in the Amplified. And I think Tammy has it in the Amplified. First Chronicles 16 and 11. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. How long has it been since we've got on our knees so I'm going to stay here until God moves, until something happens in my life. I'm going to seek his face continue, continually, longing to be in his presence. What does it mean to seek the face of Jesus? That word "face" in the in the Hebrew means it literally means His presence. There is the omnipresence of God. There is the abiding presence of God, and then there is the manifested presence of God. All of us are in the omnipresence of God because He's everywhere. Then the abiding presence. When you receive Jesus Christ, you have God's abiding presence. It abides with you how long? Forever. And then following that is the manifested presence of God. God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, manifesting himself. And that's where we need to be, where the Holy Spirit manifests himself. And that's the kind of presence we're seeking. Psalms 105, verse 4. Seek. Notice, and deeply long for the Lord and his strength, his power, his might. Seek and deeply long for his face and his presence. How often? Now we pray and it's good. It's good to say the grace. It's good to pray when you go to bed. It's good to pray on Friday night. We have prayer on Friday night. But let me ask you something. Do you seek God until something happens? Do you seek him longing for him to do something in your life? Oh, God. There's time we don't know what to say. We don't don't know what to pray for, as Paul said, as we all. But the Holy Spirit makes those things known, even through groaning. Notice the next first, next chapter, and this is our familiar chapter. But notice in the Amplified Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek. Now notice what that word "seek" there means: crave, require as necessity, my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Craving. Craving. Can you think of something you crave for? Sometimes I crave for banana pudding. I I can't have it because I can't have sugar. Then my wife, she'll go to the kitchen, and she'll fix me some banana pudding sugar-free. What do you crave for? You crave to get married? You crave to be healed? You desire for God to do something in your heart? Are we willing to sacrifice and say, God, I'm here until? Men and women in the Bible, they fell on their knees and stayed there until God answered and moved in their midst. Psalms 83, look at it. Feel their faces. With shame and disgrace. That they may persistently seek your name, O Lord. Some people's not going to cry out to God seeking him deeply until something happens in their lives. I told you about the man that come, came to the church some years ago. He had a problem. A real problem. He had a dog, a hound dog that he loved. He loved that dog and that dog got sick, but he wanted that dog to get well. And he heard at this church down on main street, he heard that church pray for people and they were healed. So he came to church that on Sunday night and he was drunk. You know, here he is, he wants his dog healed. He comes in the church drunk. I mean, what do you expect? But I'll tell you what. He hit that altar, cried out to God. God sobered him up, saved him, filled him with the Holy Ghost, and God healed his dog. You got to want it, folks. You got to drive a stake in the ground. Say, Lord, I'm here until my daughter's saved, I'm here until my son comes to you. I'm here until you send revival, God, and stir the church. I'm here. Notice 105 Psalms. Seek and deeply long for the Lord and His strength, His power, His might. Seek and deeply long for His face and His presence continually. Then Hosea. I will go away and return to my place on high until they acknowledge their offense and bear their guilt and seek my face in their distress. They will earnestly seek me. I'd rather, I'd rather the church go through something, that it return back to God. I don't know what's going to happen to God. I said a while ago that the closer you get to, the, to victory, the devil, the harder the enemy fights you. You wonder what's happening in America today. This nation is in trouble. It's in trouble. You can look at Washington. It's sickening what's on television and the news today. And, and how, how people are and they lie and, and they're against each other and there's bitterness and there's unforgiveness. And it's not going to... Listen, things are not going to happen. I I think Jesus is coming soon. That's the reason Satan has dug in his heel and fighting this nation so much. It's because Jesus is coming back and the church needs to be ready. It's important. And the closer we get to the coming of Jesus, demons and devils are going to fight you every way they can, but you be determined. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God's greater than anything the devil certainly can throw at you. One more verse. Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord. It's a choice. Well, I got too much to do. I got kids to look after, grandkids to look after. I have a job and all of these things. But it's a choice that you make. Set your heart to seek the Lord your God. It is the conscious fixing or focusing our minds, attention, and our heart's affection on God. It's important. That red zone. How long have you been in the red zone? Quite a while. Let's, 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 let's be obedient to God and be victorious even in the red zone. Now, I, I, I added this from this week to last week's. Look at it, number four. Discipleship. I remember hearing David Smith. He's sitting right here. I remember hearing him many years ago telling what a disciple was, and it challenged me. What does it mean to be a disciple? What is is discipleship all about? Jesus said, first of all, he that cometh to me must deny himself. The denial, look at it, look at your notes, means to yield to his control so completely that self has no rights whatever. God, I yield myself to you. I give up my rights. If you want me to pray today, I'll pray. If you want me to go to church today, I'm going to church. If you want me to witness to someone today, I'm going to witness. And he does. We give over our rights to him renounce whatever comes in competition with the love and certainly the service of Jesus Christ. Take the whole world, but give me Jesus. I renounce it. I could care less for what the world has to offer. I could care less what the flesh wants. I want to walk in the Spirit, yield myself to Jesus Christ, and be a vessel to be able to win the unsaved of Jesus Christ. Look at it. Luke 20 Luke 14:26. Luke 14:26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate, uh-oh. <laughs> now think about this. Does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, <laughs> brothers and sisters? Yes? His own life also. He cannot be my disciple. Is is Jesus saying that you've got to hate your brother, your neighbor, hate someone? No. He is saying that the love that you have for him should be so great, should be so strong, that all the love for everybody else is hate in comparison to that love that you have in Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow wow then the Jewish culture the word hate was used to express lesser love so Jesus is saying that we must love him much more than we love our closest family relationships or even our own lives it does not mean to bear ill will to someone that's not what that's saying it just says you got to put him first he's the number one Let me ask you something today. Answer it in your own heart. Answer it in your own heart. Is Jesus number one in your life? Is he? Does he come before your wife or your husband? Does he come before your desires, what you want to do, your pleasures? Does he come before you? Wait a minute now, your grandchildren? Anyone, doesn't matter who they are, the preacher, anything. Jesus Christ is and wants to be number one. First of all, you deny yourself. Second of all, you take up your cross. Taking up your cross simply means that you're willing to pay any price. Now, the cross was, a, and back then when it was written, because the Romans used the cross for crucifixion to kill cr- cr- criminals. And so the disciples knew exactly, it meant death. And when we come to Jesus Christ, death needs to come to the old flesh. Death needs to come to the carnal mind. And we take up that cross and follow him. Christ does not call disciples. Uh-oh. Underline if you've got a pencil, pencil up or something. Highlight this. Christ does not call his disciples to himself to make their lives easy and prosperous. I mean, if you want to hear that, you can go to a lot of churches. But well, notice what he does come. But to make them holy and productive, first of all, we've got to deny ourselves. Second of all, we've got to take up our cross and follow, follow, follow Him. In the Gospels, Jesus commanded to follow Me. Appears Jesus's command to follow Me appears repeatedly. Over and over, and you can go through the uh, the, the New Testament, of course, uh, the four Gospels, and you can find every now and then, every once in a while, Jesus, whether it's Peter, whether it's John, whether it's uh, Nathan or whoever it might be, he says, "Follow, follow me," and that's what Jesus is saying. Everyone follows something: friends, the culture, family, selfish desires, or God. Following Jesus is about listen to this: forsaken all. Following Jesus is about taking up the cross. And number three, following Jesus is about paying the price. The disciples followed Jesus even into the storm. Somebody said, preacher, I'm going through something. I thought when you follow Jesus, the way was easy. No, you, he takes you through the storm. He, they got in the boat. The disciples did. They got out on the Galilee uh, body of water. And up comes a storm, a storm. And you might say, preacher, I'm going through a storm right now. Do you think I'm following Jesus? Perhaps you are. You probably are. Because he takes us through the storm. But he's the one that stands and said, peace, be still. And that's what he did. He calms the storm. We all have great, great storms in our lives. Whether it's a sickness, whether it's a death. I was visiting a lady yesterday. Carol and I were in I'd never met her, and she just stood there and stared at us. She just stood there and stared at us. And I was wondering, what's going on? And she said, I'm sorry. I just lost my 31-year-old son last night. Wow. I reached over and hugged her neck, and I said, ma'am, I am so sorry. That's probably one of the greatest storms you'll face is losing Especially a child or son. Maybe you're going through a storm and you'd like to say, wow, I need help. Will you come to the right place? Sister Judy, if you'll pray for me, in the presence of Jehovah, God's presence is here. God's anointing is in this place. When facing a storm, rather than focus, and listen to this, this is important, When facing a storm, rather than focusing on the promise, I'm sorry, the problems, rather than focusing on the problems, focus on his promise. Close your eyes for just a moment, if you will. In the presence, of Jehovah in the presence of God. Heavenly Father it means something to say we are following you it means something to say that we deny ourselves It means just as much today as it was 50 years ago to say we take up our cross. And the cross, Lord, the cross that you bore, not your cross. We're not to take up your cross. We're to take up our cross. And I know some people say, well, it's just a cross I must carry. I've got a mother-in-law and boy, it's hard. Lord, that's not the cross you're talking about. It's a cross that we carry because of our service to you. But whatever cross is being carried today, God, make it easy. As we're here basking in your presence, speak to every heart, touch every life, meet every need in this church today. In... sing it with me presence of Jehovah we're in the presence of Jehovah we're in the presence of the King of Kings now Father we stand in your presence right now and Lord we're mindful of that we know dear God you said where two or three are gathered together there I am in the midst. Lord, you're here. You're not sitting off somewhere in the corner. You're not, dear God, far from us. You're right here with us. And we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that every need will be met. I pray that every heart would reach out in faith and reach out for hand. As the woman said, If I can but touch by faith the hem of the garment of Jesus, I will be delivered. I'll be set free from this addiction. I'll be set free from this oppression. I'll be set free from this depression. I'll be set free from this tormenting spirit of fear that's tried to bind me. I will be set free today as I touch the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ in faith. Lord, let it be. We touch the hem in faith. Lord, we do it by faith. See, everything we receive from God today is by faith. I don't know. I just I just sensed the very presence of God. I'm going to touch someone's life here today. I want to say everyone one more time. I want you to join a neighbor's hand. Join some. You may not know that person. But just take someone by the hand. Someone by the hand right now. And let that be a contact of faith. Let that be a contact of faith. I remember Oral Roberts. You could just hear him on radio and television. See him on television. And I remember... People were healed by the thousands. People were healed by the thousands. And one of the things he would say, he he would say, as I pray, I want you to reach over and touch that television. I want you to reach over and touch that radio. Now, you're taking someone's hand by faith, and I want you to believe God as one more time, all of us together sing this song Receiving, Touching the Hymn of the Garment of Jesus Christ in the Prayer. Now I want you to lift both hands. Do it in Jesus' name. Somebody's, somebody's going to look at me. I'll feel funny. Don't matter. if You said, I've never done that in church. Do it now. You're safe in this church to lift your hands and give God glory and give Him praise. Father, we lift our hands. We lift our hearts. We lift Lift our voices today and we praise you. We're not ashamed to lift up our voices. We're not ashamed to praise you. We're not ashamed, dear God, to give your name, honor, and glory. We're not ashamed to seek your face. We're not ashamed to honor you as Lord, Lord, Lord of our lives. And we praise you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Lord, I lift up my voice. I lift up my praise hallelujah glory be to the Lord. thank you for my healing thank you for my deliverance thank you for setting me free thank you for making me whole in Jesus name I am free so free now you say that today I'm free say what you're free of when you go to say the grace, I'm free of this. I'm free of that oppression, that old heaviness that was on me. God set me free. And if you've not been baptized of the Holy Ghost, I encourage you to do that. In fact, I encourage you to be here next Sunday at 945. We're going to be talking about that and people are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I still believe in that, folks. But speaking in tongues. I still believe in the nine gifts of the Spirit. Amen? Amen? I still believe in the nine fruit of the Spirit. I still believe we need that needs to operate in our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. But thank God. Thank God for touching you. You had pain in your body, but it's gone. If you trust God and believe God, I just believe God's a healer. One more time. I'm free. So free. Sing this, I am the Spirit. I in the Spirit. I'm rejoicing. If you'd like someone to pray with you, we're here to do that. The Bible says, if two shall agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done. We'll be around the altar when we dismiss. Sister Carol, uh, Sister Teresa, some of the other sisters Sister Angela Brother Brother Dan Brother Todd Brother Wallace I just I hadn't gotten away yet I hadn't gotten away from that yet that there's a dire need and I want to ask you that I call and folks that I didn't call your name feel free to come Father we thank you Lord now, I want you to step out in faith. We got time. We have time to do this. And if you have a dire need, step out in that aisle. Step out in that. In fact, I want to challenge you today. You may be in the red zone, and you may have to put your cleat more and more into the ground. You may have to press here and push back here. And you push. Listen, listen. You say, I don't have to push the crowd back. You push back doubt. You push back unbelief. You, you push back stubbornness. You push back. Here's one. You push back pride. Some people's got so much pride, they won't even step out and receive from God. Push it back. Say, so you're not going to defeat me today, devil. I'm going to receive from God. Step out. Some of the rest of you, while you're out there, turn, shake hands, hug a neck. Say, it's so good to see you. You're, you're welcome to stay as long as you would like. Thanks to Calvary's tree, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, so